Welcome to Ed Spark 21, the podcast from Battelle for Kids, dedicated to capturing conversations and spreading the word to accelerate the realization of 21st century deeper learning for every student. This episode, Battelle for Kids president and CEO, Dr. Karen Garza, talks with Mickey Porter, certified Dare to Lead facilitator, longtime educator, school district administrator, and owner of Plus One Leadership. Leaders today are challenged in new and unprecedented ways. So leaders across the globe have looked to best-selling author, Dr. Brene Brown, for inspiration and guidance for ways to develop courage building skills to become daring leaders, the kind of leadership needed to navigate these challenging times. I asked Mickey Porter to join me for this podcast to explore the four courage building skills that we can all learn in order to become the daring leaders our school districts and communities need, particularly during these uncertain times. Here's our conversation. Hello, Mickey. It's so nice to see you. How are you? Oh, Karen, great to see you too. You know, that that phrase that we use so lightly, how are you, sure means something different these days, doesn't it? Uh, it really does. And I've, I've learned that it's really important to ask people how they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. In these times, particularly yeah. when it's times like these where, where leadership is so important. Um, oh. And while we really um, look to leaders to help show the way and really, yes. really present an inspiring and hopeful vision for the future. And so I, I think yeah. this, this conversation we're about to have is certainly, I think, a lot of what is what on, is on a lot of people's minds around how do we move forward uh, today? Absolutely. Before we get started, though, you know, I've had the pleasure of knowing you for some time, Mickey, and I've, I'm, I'm, you know, consider you a friend and wonderful colleague, and it's just been a delight to know you, and you've also supported a lot of the work we've done here at Patel for Kids, but you've had a great career, so if you wouldn't mind mm-hmm. just telling, you know, just unpacking kind of your educational journey for just briefly, because you've had some yeah. great experiences. Oh, I, I am very, very fortunate in the experiences I've, I've had in my career. And I started out as a middle school teacher. And um, I look back now, and especially with the definition of leadership from Dare to Lead that we'll get into a little bit later, I realized that while I, if you asked me at the time what I was, I would have said, oh, I'm just, quote, and isn't that crazy that teachers say I'm just a teacher? I would have used that phrase as well and said, I am just a middle school teacher. Um, But anyway, I moved from there into formal leadership uh, as we know it in in instruction. I was um, an assistant principal at an elementary school. And then I was a principal of a middle school where I got to open the middle school, which was quite the experience, hire all the staff, literally build the buildings, which was very cool. And then I was a a principal at a very, very large middle school, which was a totally different experience. I've been a superintendent principal at a smaller rural district here in Sonoma County. And then my most recent formal leadership role was I was the deputy superintendent at the local county office in charge of instruction and um, all the professional development in the county. And then uh, about three years ago, I started Plus One Leadership so that I could Um, really, I think, fulfill my own call to courage, as Brene puts it, of helping other leaders to really unpack their own leadership skills. 
and, and Mickey, just to add add to that a little bit, we've we've leaned on Mickey a lot to support our national network, Ed Leader Twenty One, and Mickey's provided, you know, served as an important leadership coach and uh, in that work and helping us think differently about our leadership in this time. So thank you for supporting our national network. Uh, we appreciate mm -hmm. that, and you've done that for a number of years. So yeah, on honor. Thank you so much. I. I got to be a part of that national network as a participant first, and then as I uh, set up my own my own work, then to be, get to serve and support that great work. So that was quite an honor. I, I love the connection. Well, Mickey, we're going to talk about daring leadership, and I, I know that you're a certified trainer for Brene Brown's certified um, uh, leadership training. And you know, these days there's a lot of great uh, literature and leaders uh, in in this work, really writing about how we need to, you know, should be thinking about our leadership and reflecting upon our leadership. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what what was appealing about the way Brene Brown approached this work, and kind of, I guess, how does you know, in, in some ways, how do you how do how does she uh, how is she different than maybe the others? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is just a plethora of great leadership work out there, as you know, in all of your in all of your work and <laughs> many books behind you right now. Um, what what I think sets Brene's work apart is that she starts from the inside and goes out. And her quote, "Who you are is how you lead," I think really sums up what's different about her approach to leadership. That it truly is. That, that self-awareness and, and understanding who we are as humans first is critical for all roles, but is essential for leadership. And it's something that I look back on my career and especially, you know, I, I became a principal at, I think I was 28 or some obscenely young time where self-awareness was still something I was working on as a human being, let alone as a leader. And I look back now and I, and I think, boy, how I could have led differently if I led from that place of self-awareness. So I think that's what sets Brene's work apart is it's transformative in life and leadership. Um, people who've taken the training will come back and tell me, I can't tell you how many times in life I have applied the concepts from Dare to Lead, not only in my leadership, but in my life. And I think Brene doesn't have that really firm line between life and leadership and instead really embraces the fact that we are, you know, who you are is how you lead. And that I think is what sets her work apart. That and then combine that with the fact that she understands human, uh, human nature so much from her own social work background. And then on top of that, she's done a ton of leadership research to understand what are the behaviors of effective leaders. So it's that combination of understanding human nature and, and, and combining that with effective leadership. Boy, I, I think it's a win-win. You know, she almost in some ways debunks a lot of what people think about as strong leadership in, in some it, ways. Yes. Uh, because, you know, there, there were, it was a, you know, a school of thought that don't show your vulnerability. Don't show that you don't have all the answers. Don't, you know, don't apologize or don't you know and that that you know that humanness that comes with being an effective leader almost that humility that I think so many of us when we've interacted with people who we admire and respect so much they innately knew that 
that to be yes. human and to to show your vulnerability and to to be yep. you know to show your human side so um i think she kind of debunked that in, in some ways very much so and and in fact when she talks about armored leadership um, as you were talking that's what hit me was one of the uh one of the examples or elements of armored leadership is being a knower and being right and you and I both know, and, and I would say, especially for women in leadership, that that has been, boy, you better know your stuff, right? You better, you better be right. And that has been kind of a, a philosophy about leadership that she has debunked and said, you know, it's not about being right. It's about getting it right. It's about, it's about making sure you're making the best decision possible for the organization, not about you individually as a leader being right. And that shift is a huge one. And it's one that creates followership, not just strong leadership skills, but it actually creates an environment in which people want to follow you, which, hey, if you're leading and no one wants to follow you, <laughs> we got a problem. You know, I think particularly, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, and in this time and place when, you know, um, we read recently an author who wrote that, you know, today with leadership, it's impossible to look to your past and to your experiences that were successful in the mm -hmm. past for knowing what to do moving forward because this context is so different. So how do you think in this, how do you think that applies to this time and place when there's so many unknowns and so much uncertainty, this ability to just acknowledge that we're going to make mistakes and we're going to figure it out together and that that ability to to be humble in, in the work. So talk yeah. a little bit about this time and place and the yeah. relevance of Brene Brown's work. I, I think her work was created for this, for this chaos. I really think in the, in the, you know, when you, when we look back and go, wow, she, she, she brought this to the world a couple years before COVID just time for us to really try and understand it. Right. And before COVID, when I would teach the dare to lead training, I would struggle a little bit in helping people to understand what vulnerability is, which is one of the, the key concepts mm -hmm. in her work, right? And vulnerability is that uncertainty, risk, or emotional exposure. And what I tell people now is, you know that pit in your stomach you have almost every day trying to make decisions about whether it's a decision to go see someone or go to the grocery store or go visit your parents or whatever, that's vulnerability, guys. We are living in vulnerability. We are leading in vulnerability. And so if we don't understand what are the ingredients of courageous leadership that we need in such a vulnerable time, boy, we can't, I, I love your quote of we can't look to the past in how to lead right now because nobody in our generations anyway has led through a pandemic. Mm -hmm. We don't know how to do this. And so what I appreciate about her, her approach to leadership, it's not a script of here's how you do it, but it's instead here are four main skills you can develop to develop your own sense of courage and daring so that you don't go to those armored leadership behaviors and instead really embrace the vulnerability of our time. Talk, talk about those four just a little bit more because they're a major, they're major kind of uh, theme, all four of those kind of drive a lot of this training. Is that correct? This experience, Absolutely. this leadership experience. So talk a little bit more about, about those. You bet. You bet. The first one is rumbling with vulnerability. No, no shock there <laughs> mm -hmm. that it would start with us being able to face our own vulnerability. 
The really great news about the work though is it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop with, oh yeah, we need to be vulnerable. We need to not be armored. She also then provides, well, what can you do? And provides some tools for us to use in place of armoring up. So that first subset of, of really rumbling with vulnerability is honestly about three quarters of the book and about three quarters of the training we do in Dare to Lead because that's where the magic is. The second of the subsets of the daring leadership or courageous leadership skill sets, the second one is living into our values. And almost all of us have either worked in organizations or perhaps we've even led an organization through a, a, a procedure to what are our values and what, and, but what we don't do is we don't then go that next step and what do those look like in action? How do we operationalize those values? So she really pushes on that as leaders, we need individually to determine our top two and only two values and then take that next step of what do those look like in practice? Because as she says, it's when leaders are working outside of their values that they tend to make the biggest mistakes. Mm -hmm. the, third, the third of the big concepts is something that she calls braving, and those are all in caps, braving trust. And what she's done is taken the concept of trust, which all of us know is essential in leadership and in leading organizations. But until I really uh, started unpacking how she defines trust, I've always found it kind of like, well, how do I define trust with someone though? Or how would I help someone measure the level of trust in their organization? And what she did through the research was to develop, um, BRAVING is the acronym, but it's the seven elements of what she would say are ingredients of trust, starting with boundaries, going to reliability, going to accountability, vault, do you keep quiet what you're supposed mm -hmm. to keep quiet? Integrity, non-judgment, and generosity. And by breaking trust out into those seven elements, we go deep into each of the seven so that we can understand, number one, how, my, how do I trust myself? And then secondly, how do I demonstrate and cultivate trust in my organization? And then the fourth of the skills is a super important one, and it's called the rising strong process. And for readers of Brene, she took uh, from her book, Rising Strong, she took that process of how do you get yourself back up when you've been knocked down by life? How do you get yourself back up and back in the arena of leadership? And I love it because she comes to it from the place of not because if you fall, mm -hmm. but when you fall. Because as leaders, if you're doing the hard stuff, you are at times going to end up face down. And so by teaching us how to get ourselves back up, it again, makes us more courageous. We're more willing to take a risk if we know, well, I can get myself back up if I mess up, so I'll be okay. So those four skill sets are what she, uh, through research has determined are really the four elements of um, being a courageous leader or a daring leader, as she calls it. You know, in those, just those four points that you just made, I, I, I would imagine our listeners can easily connect those to the work they're leading in their own organizations. You know, rising strong, meaning everyone's going to get knocked down, right? And how do you, yeah. how do you move through that to the other side yep. of that, that experience? Trust in organizations is so important, obviously. And then living into our values. We often talk about that even here at Patel for Kids is, mm -hmm. is this action, you know, aligned to our values and our value proposition okay and our brand and how people see us as an organization. I think that one's so important. And then rumbling with vulnerability. We talked a little bit about that before. Yeah. So uh, 
this this experience, this leadership experience, um, the certified um, Dare to Lead training based upon Brene Brown's research and her work, you know, I know when we've offered this before, um, we've had a mixed audience because these principles apply whether you're a leader in education or a leader in the business sector, um, not-for-profit sector, whatever it is, those apply across. And I had, um, I've gotten so much great feedback from people who participated. One particular person said to me, and this was six months later, and she's not one to really, um, you know, use hyperbole or anything like that. So it was really powerful when she told me, she said, she said, it, the dare to lead training that you facilitated changed her life. That's exact words, what she said. And she said, I think about it every day as a leader. It is shaped the way I approach work, the way that I'm thinking about the work. And she said, it's really had a profound impact on, on her experience and her leadership. So I know you've gotten some of that feedback. So tell us a little bit about kind of the takeaways for people who've been through this leadership experience. What have you heard from participants? Mm -hmm. First off, it's just, it it literally is so honoring and humbling to the work to hear someone reflect on the work in that way, because her comment that it has changed her life and her leadership is exactly what the work is about, because who you are is how you lead. So Brene would say, you can't change your leadership unless you're willing to take a look at your life as well. Mm -hmm. So I hear the exact same comment, Karen, over and over from people um, that this work has changed their life. And it's not because it's something that they know how to do now that they didn't know how to do before. It's really more that they are learning how to look inside and search for those things that they know they could change up in order to lead better right? It's mm-hmm. a very, very personal work. And ironically, um, well, the first time I got to do Dare to Lead virtually was, of course, with your organization. And, um, you know, with all the fabulous support that you provide, it was amazing to do it with your team. And I was kind of, you know, wow, how's this going to go virtually? Because this is really mm-hmm. pretty personal work. And feedback that we got from that group and that I've gotten from subsequent groups is honestly, they say, you know, Mickey, I almost think this is better virtually. Because when we have time to work on our workbooks or answer questions, I can turn off the video and I'm alone doing some really deep reflection. And so it really, that part of the, of the training has, I think, really translated quite well to the virtual setting. And the comment, again, that people come back with is that this was so much more than leadership training. Mm-hmm. It was really life training. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't say that lightly. Um, I think I'm, I'm with your colleague that I'm not one who uses a lot of hyper, hyperbole either, but this training I'll go on and on about because <laughs> it, it, it is transformative. <laughs> it is for sure. We, we also talk a lot about, you know, that's the story you're telling yourself. Yes. <laughs> I love yeah, there's, there's so many, so many aspects of the training that we find applicable to just our yes. daily, daily interactions with one another and certainly with our personal yep. lives as well. There's no doubt about Absolutely. that. Yeah. So, so while we typically have a mixed audience and we try really hard to make sure that we have a mixed, mixed audience of business leaders, education leaders, and I'm hoping for our next uh, opportunity, that'll be the same, the same, but the fact remains we do, we do as, as a education not-for-profit work largely with education leaders. And mm-hmm. so, um, and, and as you know, we, 
lead this national network of, of innovative leaders really focused on education transformation, really changing the way we're thinking about the experience that every child receives in our systems around 21st century learning and really equipping them with the skills, the mindsets, the, you know, the habits of mind that really will, will position them for success in this, you know, rapidly, you know, it's getting more and more complex all the time uh, world. So if you could, for just a moment, connect, you know, this experience in this uh, Dare to Lead leadership sort of uh, program to um, educational leaders that are really leading school district transformation. Absolutely. It's such a, it's such a, a very easy link. It really is. And, and why I see it that way is because if we are going to be the leaders to transform our systems, we have to be vulnerable leaders because mm-hmm. we don't know what the future is, right? And if vulnerability is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure, the leaders in your network who are ahead of the game and are, and are thinking of what can school be, not what is it, but what can school be, they are going to be embracing vulnerability because they can't control what's ahead of them. So in, in especially in that frame of leadership, my goodness, we've got to have the skills of what does being a daring leader look like when I am leading in a, a, a system that is transforming itself into something that we don't, we can't name yet because it's really meant for the future. It's really meant to prepare our kids for a future that we don't know yet what it looks like now more than ever, right? Yeah. And so this whole idea of, of courage and daring it really has never been called on as much as it is right now for all leaders, let alone for transformative leaders who are not satisfied with just continuing with the status quo, even when we're out of COVID. So I think it's imperative, actually, for transformative leaders to understand, well, what are these elements of courage? Um, and, and, and I think a really important thing for us to, to acknowledge is that because of the work, courage no longer is a personality trait, right? It's not, mm-hmm. you have to be a courageous person. It's, you can have skills for courage. You mm-hmm. can develop those skills, and as a result, create more courage in your own leadership. And, and I, th- I think too, when you're leading transformation, you have to have some trust in your organization because yes. it, people mm-hmm. are afraid to, for, to you know, embark upon something new. And as long as that trust is there, they're willing to go with mm-hmm. you and, and trust that you're going to do the right thing for the organization and support them in the, in the right way. So the trust, I think, is also so an important aspect of, of yep. that transformation. Do you agree? Oh, totally. And with the gift of the seven elements of trust, what we're able to do is to dive a little deeper if there are, quote, issues of trust within an organization to understand most of the time we think, okay, there's, there's a trust issue, so we better do something to do team building, right? But if the trust issue is around something like boundaries, or if the trust issue is around accountability that we don't own our mistakes, all the team building activities in the world aren't gonna address those two Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. So by by really defining what trust is, and she has even an instrument that teams can take that they rate their levels of trust in those seven elements, the leader can get information about, okay, what are some actionable things we can do to address the area of trust that needs to be addressed instead of these kind of global things that we do to build trust. 
That's great. Well, um, Mickey, before I let you go, because I've really enjoyed this conversation and we're really looking forward to this next uh, couple of opportunities that we'll be presenting to to our network and to others that want to learn more about Dare to Lead and, and Courageous Leadership. Um, mm-hmm. it, they'll be, they'll be find an opportunity to, those opportunities are coming up real soon. But before I let you go, I am working on my next blog and my, um, the topic is basically, you know, what inspires you and, and really about talking about how important it is to, for leaders to find inspiration for themselves, but also mm-hmm. just to, um, to identify what inspires them. So what inspires you, Mickey? Mm-hmm. You know, right now, what inspires me are the site leaders who are leading schools during this time. Uh, I was just recently doing a training and some site leaders were on it and they were talking about things like dealing with kids whose parents have died of COVID or dealing with families who a family member have died of COVID. And in California, we're still under very much, we're not doing much uh, on-site schooling. So almost everything is distance learning still. And this one principal described a student whose parent had died uh, of COVID and the staff wanted to do something for them. And so they created this whole protocol that now they use with all of the kids when there is a death in the family. And there's been so many from either COVID or other things, they actually established, okay, we buy a stuffed animal. We have a card that different people sign. The teacher records a special message for the student. The principal then does hand deliver it to the home you know, staying outside and remaining distance. And just her telling that story, Karen, really inspired me to think, my gosh, this is the work of the site principal right now. Mm-hmm. That yes, they've got all of the concerns of the academic learning that needs to be continuing for kids and the, the possible learning loss with all the distance learning, but the social emotional needs of their kids and their staff are weighing so heavy on them that it both inspires me and it's where my heart is, mm-hmm. is with the site leaders of, of my gosh, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? Because I find their perseverance and their courage so inspiring at this time. Thank you, Mickey. We appreciate that. And thank you so much for all you're doing to support school leaders and uh, leaders throughout the country. Um, and thank you for your work with Batuffer Kids. We really appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. It's been such an honor to talk with you and always a pleasure, Karen. Thank you. Patel for Kids thanks Mickey Porter for this timely conversation about daring leadership in these uncertain times. Mickey will be facilitating the Dare to Lead certificate program in the winter and summer of 2021. For more information and to register for the program, visit bfk.me backslash DTL. The Ed Spark 21 podcast is a production of Battelle for Kids. Battelle for Kids collaborates with school systems and communities to realize the power and promise of 21st century learning for every student. Visit bfk.org to learn more. The music heard in this podcast is On Fire by Sasha Inde. Copyright 2019 and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. All other content in this episode of Spark 21 is the intellectual property of Mattel for Kids. Other podcasts and blog posts from Mattel for Kids can be found at bfk.org.